Find out what the whole world is thinking in The Agenda. Hello and welcome to The Agenda. I'm Stephen Cole. Some say it could be worth trillions of dollars in a matter of years. But this week we're asking whether the world is really ready to enter the metaverse. It's a new virtual world, the metaverse. But what is it? And how might it change life as we know it? In simple terms, the metaverse is a virtual reality space in which users can interact with a computer-generated environment and other users. But it's also being thought of as the ultimate coalition of digital and physical, extended reality, if you like. When the social media giant Facebook rebranded itself as Meta as a nod towards the next digital frontier, founder Mark Zuckerberg said people would be able to do almost anything in the metaverse, including work, learn, play, shop and create, so long as they're armed with some virtual reality goggles and, of course, an internet connection. So how does that work in practice? Let's look at just one of the increasing number of metaverses already available to try. A bit like Decentraland, the first virtual world owned by its users. As well as hosting the world's first metaverse fashion show, where guests could buy limited edition virtual footwear for their avatars, Decentraland has its own cryptocurrency, MANA, for buying and selling virtual properties. It's turned the heads of many companies, including JP Morgan, Samsung Electronics and Sotheby's, who've opened a virtual gallery within the platform. It's even hosted a virtual rooftop party for Coca-Cola. And there are many more metaverses to come. China's Tencent, one of the largest game publishers in the world, is creating its own metaverse by utilising its social media app WeChat. And it's no wonder the big players are jumping on the metaverse bandwagon. One estimate suggests the metaverse economy could be worth $13 trillion by 2030. Eight years before then, more than 70% of business executives believe it'll be good for business. Of course, developing these new worlds relies on the development of existing technology. Augmented and virtual reality headsets may have offered us a preview, but they're still a world away from what the metaverse is promising. And that's before the tech giants and their audiences decide whether or not we're heading for multiple metaverses or just one interconnecting world. We'll only really know when it arrives, I think, although in many ways it's already here. Joining me now to look in more detail at the finances of the metaverse is Bradley Duke. And Bradley is CEO and founder of digital finance experts ETC Group. Bradley, people seem to be getting very excited about the metaverse and suggesting it's going to be worth trillions of dollars. Are they right? Well, I mean, only the future will, will tell us if, if uh, these predictions are, are accurate or not. Um, but we do have large invest investment banks like, uh, like Morgan Stanley and, and Goldman, uh, Goldman Sachs uh, predicting that the, the opportunity is worth between eight and 12 trillion dollars uh, globally. Um, so that's, those, are, those are staggeringly high numbers. Um, and and you know, we see large companies taking very large bets on the metaverse being a success. 
How is that made up? How do people arrive at that figure? What is worth 10 to eight to ten trillion dollars? Right. So this is the, they're valuing this, the scale of, of, of this opportunity based on the assumption that people are going to be spending a lot of their time in the metaverse. So that, that would mean that they would be spending uh, time, you know, in this virtual world, um, engaging with, uh, with one another on social media, uh, watching sports events, um, purchasing real and virtual goods. Um, and, uh, and, and even uh, Gartner, I think they, they predicted that by 2026, 25% um, of, the, of the entire world's population will be spending at least one hour a day um, in the in the metaverse, which is which is in and of itself is is a um, you know is is a huge huge number, and uh, um, and 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 then you know it's really about once they in this world uh, you know how much they're going to 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 invest or buy and you know invest in how they their appearance for example the the kind of uh, um, virtual property they own and um, and then of course. Uh, just doing shopping for real goods, you know, you can you can shop for real clothing um, and try them on using avatars, um, or also buying virtual outfits as well, which has really become popular in gaming today, where people are you know look get, buying certain uh, appearances, certain looks, certain weapons, um, and these are world uh, these are goods that only exist in, in in the virtual world, but that people are paying real money to own. You recently helped the London stock market, didn't you, sort of uh, take its, should we say, first steps out into the metaverse. What exactly did you do and how will it work? Right, so, so ETC Group listed Europe's first metaverse ETF. So it's the, the ETF is based on, on a basket of listed companies. It's a global basket. Um, so you know, I think there's, there was a, one other uh, existing product that was only invested in US uh, companies. And ours is now looking at really companies around the world who, who have exposure to, um, to this new phenomenon, to the metaverse itself. Um, and and so in order for to give investors, it's a useless ETF, and we did it in collaboration with our, uh, our partners, uh, Han ETF. Um, and it's it's a it's a way for investors to get exposure to, uh, you know, to growth and to the success of this uh, um, uh, this the, the metaverse. So, so what is the benefit of setting up a fund within uh, the metaverse, uh, as opposed, uh, shall we say, as in real life? So the, the fund itself is a you know it's a real life fund uh, it's a use it's uh, uh, fund um, and 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 really it's just it's just investing in companies that have exposure to 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 this thematic uh, area really so the theme of of of, uh, of the metaverse and this you know and as of people who who believe that um, that the, the predictions around the you know the the eight trillion dollars uh, of of this, the the size of this opportunity that that Morgan Stanley put in, or the 12, 12 trillion that that Goldman Sachs said would be globally. Um, this is an opportunity for them to to benefit uh, if, in fact, those numbers do uh, you know come to pass, and this is this is the next uh, you know big thing to 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 hit. It is a progression of what we've seen, you know, from the. The internet and then the World Wide Web, um, and then you know there's Web Web 2.0, where um, you know video streaming and all all sort of integrated uh, um, payments uh, came into place, and the Web 3.0 is now the next uh, uh, stage of of uh, of the internet's development. 
and it puts a lot of power actually back into to, to the user who has you know who, who owns their um, their own data under the under the web 3.0 and we're sure are we that this isn't just a flash in the pan we're, we're seeing recently considerable volatility in the crypto uh, currency market uh, these none of this is certain is it well, look, no, nothing ever is certain. Um, you know, there has been volatility in the crypto markets for sure. There has been a lot of volatility as well in traditional markets. Uh, I think a lot of us have seen our, our portfolios getting hammered these these past uh, uh, few months. Um, and uh, and and the, look, this is there, there isn't any certainty that this. Um, is, I think the most uncertainty is around the timing. I think a lot of people agree that in some form of an, or another, this this metaverse is going to 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 come to pass, and this is going to be a way that people uh, interact with each other and it's going to be a fun and interesting way to to you know if you, for example why sell you know a, a thousand tickets to a concert if you can sell to you know tens of millions of of, of people who can you know participate and appear virtually at, at this this uh, live music uh, event for example and uh, and so there there is there is opportunity in that in the scale uh, of, of the um, you know of, of what is possible with through this metaverse but um, you know whether that's going to happen in two years' time, or in a year's time, or five years' time. You know we're really not sure, and that all depends on you know mass market adoption and how quickly people uh, you know adopt this. It's not just virtual reality and virtual reality headsets. It's also you know what they call MR, mixed reality, and augmented reality, um, which we saw become hugely popular with the Pokemon Go uh, product, where you know people are running around looking at their phones to seeing these these. You know these these virtual characters appearing on their city streets, um, and it was it was quite it was really a, a proof of concept that this is um, that the mass adoption of this kind of technology is really real. Um, I think there was over 220 million users of this uh, um, the the, po the Pokemon Go game um, at its peak. Wow. Well, the actual reality is we've run out of time. Uh, <laughs> Bradley Duke, many thanks for joining us on the agenda. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, one of the biggest questions around the metaverse is just who is really in charge of it and how will it be regulated? If the whole world is to get involved, who will be setting the rules? Well, joining me now to consider that is Lewis Rosenberg, CEO and Chief Scientist at Unanimous AI. Lewis, in a recent article, you were warning that, uh, quote, a corporate-controlled metaverse will be far more dangerous than social media. Can you sort of unpack that for us? What do you mean? Sure. And I think it's actually the, the best first step in unpacking is to define what we mean by metaverse, because a lot of people have different ideas. To me, you know, at the broadest sense, the metaverse is this big societal transition from flat media viewed in the third person to immersive media experienced in the first person. And so it's this really big change in the role of the user from, uh, from being an observer on the outside to a participant on the inside. And, and that change actually means that the platform providers, the, the, you know, the entities that will manage these large platforms will have significantly more uh, control and influence and knowledge about people's lives. Well, and, and it's worth also just mentioning that when we think of the metaverse, we really should think of it in kind of two flavors. It could be a fully virtual world, like uh, you know, a, a world that, that you might see Meta uh, talking about, where uh, 
people are avatars in this completely virtual world, having social interactions. Uh, I would call that a virtual metaverse. Uh, but it also can be layers of virtual content overlaid on the real world uh, by augmented reality glasses. I, I would call that the augmented metaverse. And, and it's it's worth mentioning both because if we if we think you know ten years out, uh, we can easily imagine that people will spend most of their time in the metaverse. That they won't have you know they won't be in a fully virtual world most of the time. They they uh, might be spending a few hours a day shopping, socializing. Uh, having business meetings, uh, but the rest of the time when they're out in the real world, walking down the street, there's a very good chance that that most people will be wearing augmented reality glasses from uh, big companies like Apple and Google and Sony and Samsung, and that will bring the metaverse to be all around us uh, throughout the entire day. Lewis, you've also spoken about the three M's of the metaverse, haven't you? Uh, its ability to monitor, manipulate, and monetize us. That sounds all a bit dystopian to me. It does. And, um, and it's, uh, the best way to describe that is to think about today's social media. Today's social media is really an ecosystem that's built on tracking people, where they click, what they read, who their friends are, profiling people, and then using that information to then target people with content targeted advertisements, targeted news feeds, targeted introductions to friends. And that's the business model of social media. And um, it's created lots of problems uh, for society. Uh, it, it creates bias in the world. It, it could promote disinformation, misinformation. Now, if we look to the metaverse, we could say these same things will, will happen, but be much, much worse. And, and that's because instead of just simple tracking of people, we can now say that really evolves into monitoring of people. Because instead of just tracking where you click and what you read, uh, metaverse platforms will be able to track where you go and what you do and who you're with. And not just in a virtual world, but also in the real world, as you're walking down the street with augmented reality glasses. Do, do, Lewis, uh, does, does, does all this worry you? I mean, you talked a, a second ago about regulation. Uh, how can it be regulated, and who's clever enough to be able to regulate a global metaverse? Yeah, well, regulation's always hard. When you say regulation, uh, people get nervous, especially content creators, people being building creative things. In, in my mind, it's the platform providers that really need to be regulated because they will have so much information about what everybody's doing. They, they will basically be able to see where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, and then they'll also be able to inject content into your world, into your experiences on behalf of, of paying third parties. And so if we're going to regulate anything, we should regulate the platform providers so that they have to inf inform you if they're, tracking, uh, if they're tracking where you are and what you're doing and where you're looking and how long your gaze lingers. I'm also a little concerned about the privacy issue. Some people say you won't have any privacy left if you adopt the metaverse. It's true. I mean, when you're in the metaverse, the platforms are going to be able to track everything. They'll, they'll even track your facial expressions, your vocal inflections. Uh, people are developing technologies for tracking your vital signs, blood pressure, uh, respiration rate, heart rate. They can do really interesting things with that, but the privacy issues are, are really significant. Lois Rosenberg, many thanks to you for joining us here on The Agenda. Yeah, thanks for having me. Still to come here on The Agenda, 
Going global, how different countries are looking to try and shape the metaverse. Find out what the whole world is thinking in The Agenda. And welcome back to The Agenda. A recent survey showed that the country most looking forward to entering the metaverse is China. But just what will the Chinese metaverse look like and how will NFTs, their non-fungible tokens, which underpin much of the finances of the metaverse, work in that market? Well, joining me now is Zheng Rei Liu, Director of International Business Development at Hello What, a Chinese company conducting the first ever NFT consensus experiment. Uh, Ray, first of all, can you tell me a little more about how NFTs fit into the metaverse? Sure. NFTs are the core infrastructure of the metaverse. There can be transactions in the virtual world only by confirming the ownership to NFT. NFT is what enable private properties in the digital world of the metaverse, and the transactions strengthen the economic ecosystem. Otherwise, the metaverse is merely a game in the virtual world. It would not be attracting the commercial att attentions from global investors and governments. In January, the yeah. um, Grammy award-winning artist Justin Bieber, as I'm sure you know, Ray, uh, bought a Bored Ape NFT for $1.31 million. Uh, and in April, the Chinese pop star Jay Chow's Bored Ape was stolen. That one was worth just under three quarters of a million dollars, I think. It looks like it's only for the super rich, uh, but is it something that ordinary people can get involved with? Yes, ordinary people can get involved with NFTs. That's what we're doing right now, because the price depends on the seller. In the ideal future, everyone could have access to the metaverse. With the advances of technology such as VR, metaverse will be an all-inclusive experience. Much like art, there is both expensive and accessible art. Can you give us an idea of what China's metaverse uh, market will look like? Because there have already been uh, more than 16,000 metaverse-related uh, trademark applications filed. So, so how will China's metaverse differ or will it be the same? Well, metaverse in China is at the stage of some sort of unconstrained development. There are two major groups in the metaverse. First is the big companies that focus on the infrastructure, including hardware and ecosystem, such as VR glasses. And the other group focuses on the assets in the metaverse, which is NFT. Eventually, we can see the two groups coming together to form an ecosystem of the metaverse. If we only focus on the NFT development in China, our founder, Mr. Gao, suggests that there will be four stages. In the first stage, NFT is selling just pictures. NFTs has transaction values, and it is also able to be traded because it is on the chain. Therefore, it could be traded and traced, and it cannot be modified. Therefore, the value would not be greatly depreciated after usage. The second stage is the commercial uh, application of NFT. By applying the technologies of blockchain, NFT is bundling with services. For example, if you buy NFT in a scenic spot, you can get a free admission to the scenic spot. On top of that, there is the third stage uh, of NFT, which is bundling with physical goods, which could also be seen as metaverse e-commerce. 
for example, by buying an NFT of wine, you will also receive a physical counterpart of the object when an NFT is established in a wider audience. In the fourth stage, we aim for eventually establishing a metaverse ecosystem that is tied with physical economy. The fourth stage will begin with creating IPs such as our game MiniWatt to attract users. By gaining the consensus of those IPs, we will create a wider commercial metaverse platform and use NFT on the platform. For example, our company's fast-growing project HaloWatt in China is building a user community with NFTs. At the moment, major NFTs in China are in the first stage, but there are increasingly amount of products of stage two and stage three coming into the market. And our company is focusing on creating the stage four NFT development. Leheng Ray Liu, many thanks to you for joining us on the agenda. Thank you. So that's the view of the potential Chinese market. But what about the rest of the world? Well, let's speak now to Takeyuki Suzuki, CEO of Metaverse Development Company, Meta Tokyo. Um, Taka, your company specializes in combining technology and Japanese culture to the metaverse. How exactly does that work? What exactly are you doing? So uh, we connect and reimagine Japanese culture and entertainment through Web3 technology and the narratives. For example, uh, we collaborated with a fashion magazine called The Fruits. Legendary street fashion magazine captured 90s Harajuku style. It inspired and influenced many fashion designers around the world, such as Mark Jacobs. We, we reimagined their earliest photo to NFT photography and then uh, put to the marketplace uh, called the Foundation. Apparently, and also we built uh, the photo museums in the metaverse, where it's accessible globally. So that is a, a case uh, that we worked with the uh, culture and entertainment from Japan. Taka, a recent survey has suggested that the metaverse uh, is being welcomed more in developing countries than it is in developed countries. Why do you think that is? The people in those developing countries see the metaverse as a place where connected uh, beyond distance and borders. They also see economic opportunities like gamify and create economy uh, through the metaverse to the world. The country most excited, according to the survey, about the metaverse is China. 78% of respondents excited by the prospect of the coming metaverse. What do you think that says about the metaverse market? Yeah, obviously, China is a huge country, so people in China see more option to interact and communicate each other in the metaverse in more immersive way. As I said, the beauty of the metaverse is beyond distance and borders. I think that would really uh, benefit for the Chinese people. And also, the Chinese has a lot of the cult diverse culture and the diverse people uh, gather uh, in the metaverse. Also, that would be the really great uh, beauty of the metaverse for Chinese people. Takayuki Suzuki, many thanks for joining us here on the agenda. Thank you very much. There are few places that Facebook doesn't reach. But when it came under repeated criticism for its negative impact on society, Facebook announced it was going to be renamed Meta. In Mark Zuckerberg's vision of our collective future, we will work, drink and shop in the metaverse. It will act as a parallel digital universe to the one we inhabit. Put on the goggles, blink, and you'll see the virtual world open up before your eyes. But the metaverse isn't a new concept. 
It was first coined in a 1992 novel, and it's far from just Facebook being involved in the building of the Web 3.0. Designers, developers and companies from across the globe are all now involved in creating a new alternative online life for the planet. Over time, should the dream become a reality, you could bank and buy in the metaverse as well as work and get paid. That means there's the need for extra security and traceability and safety too. Well, Meta's chief technology officer has said the company wants its metaverse to have almost Disney levels of safety. He's admitted it would be practically impossible to police every moment of every user's life in the metaverse. And of course, exactly who would even be trying to do that policing is currently a huge open question. And with the likes of Goldman Sachs suggesting the metaverse could one day be worth $12 trillion, perhaps the more fundamental issue is simply whether or not it's ever going to live up to the hype. Coming up on a future agenda, streaming wars. Who's really winning the subscription battle for online viewers? But for now, from me, Stephen Cole, and all the Agenda team, it's goodbye. <laughs>